Boom, we're live. Episode one of the podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Rodri Morgan. How are you, man? Hey, man. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Excited to be here. It's the start of big things. Yeah, it's so, like like I just said, um, episode one. I'm really, really excited, um, you know, to use this platform. I'm very, very thankful to anyone who's who's listening right now. You know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, really appreciative. Um and I really just couldn't couldn't wait to get something started. Um, and, and what a great first guest! Also, thank you for being here. No problem, mate. I'm, uh, um, just as a bit of background on myself, I literally just started writing for uh, the Body Lock, so that happened about two weeks ago. And um, yeah, man, I really, honestly, couldn't be more excited to start actually reporting on MMA news. It's basically all I can all I consume in terms of content. So to try and turn it into a little little side hustle is, is just perfect. A minute in and we've already got a, a name drop. Yeah, the body lock. Um obviously I, I write there too. I get get some interviews in as well. Um you know go and check them out before we get into anything. Definitely go and check them out. They are they're absolutely booming at the minute. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah for sure. Really up and coming and um yeah hopefully we're gonna Give uh, give the bloody elbows a run for their money fairly soon. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, uh, well, yeah. So let's get here to 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 do what we we wanted to do, and let's talk fights. Um, do it, man. This this past weekend, we saw uh, we saw Anthony Pettis um, have an absolute shocker with with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What happened there then? I honestly, like, I and you can back me up on this. I'm saying in the body lock slack channel that we have fairly new to the group obviously as i just said i thought i'd make a bold prediction for my one of my first fight cards and i came out and said that i thought pettis would get the win um i think i don't know what it is sometimes you just have a feeling but i really i really don't think that there's anyone else currently fighting who is of pettis's standard and i mean that in the sense that He's just a chameleon. Like the weight class doesn't seem to matter to him. He's so stylistically sound. Um, you know, training with with uh, Duke Rufus and, the, and those guys. But it, you know, it's the second knockout via a fairly unconventional technique. Obviously, we all remember the um, the the Matrix kick against Benson Henderson. The the and show now, Showtime kick, absolutely brilliant. Yes. Yeah. And now we've got this uh, this. A Superman punch basically off the cage to to knock out one of the most elite strikers in the history of the UFC first ever finish. I think I I, um, I couldn't believe it myself. I was you know you sat there and you you don't you don't see it going that way. You don't feel that Anthony Pettis, a guy who's now a three a three division uh, a three division fighter. Um, yeah. You you see him come and come and face a natural a natural welterweight. You know he's been there. He's fought for the title. Um, uh, you know Woodley, uh, not Woodley, but the L Wonderboy has, and who saw that coming? You know Pettis is full of surprises, as we've seen. He's had some flash knockouts. You know he's he's what he's one of, if not the flashiest fighter in the game. It's crazy. Um, and think, he, he jumps up. What, I, yeah, no, I was just gonna say. I think what. What's even crazier about it is, um, um, to an extent, what I love about Pettis is that he, you know, Wonderboy presents a problem, right? His, his karate style is something that um, 
Woodley could barely figure out twice. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, you speak to Tyron, he thinks he convincingly won those fights. And to be fair, I think he did as well. Um, I think he did, a, he, he did a good job of neutralising um, Wonderboy's attacks. Um, same with Till, to an extent, a somewhat boring fight, looking to outpoint Thompson on the outside, which again was done very, very well. Um, but Pettis just doesn't give a shit, man. No. Pettis just just comes in and he's like, he's got the he he's got the, the style of a brawler, you know, but backed up with this with this ridiculous pedigree of of, of, of striking ability. And and people forget as well, he's an absolute savage on the ground. Like is that he could have tried to take that fight to the ground, but I think he's just he's so he's so OG that I think he just thought, no, you know what, I'm just gonna stand and and just try and bang this guy out. And then by the end of the fight, he's there with a pretty broken nose, I think, from what we could tell. Or he's yeah. bloodied up to yeah. a pretty pretty significant extent. Um, and then he comes out with that finish. Um, he's, turning into, he's turning into a bit of a D-out figure in the sense that at the end of every fight he does, he ends up looking horrific. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, absolutely... A, uh, a force to be reckoned with, I think, at, at welterweight. And I think he'll probably now, honestly, I think he's maybe 30, 32, 33. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, 32, I think 32 he is. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to come back to, to Thompson in a minute because he wasn't all, you know, I don't feel like it was all completely, you know, a, a one side performance. But looking at the, yeah. um, looking at, um, Pettis' record—it's so—it's so back and forth. You know, it started with um, uh, he lost to RDA, Eddie Alvarez, and Barboza. Um, came back and beat Charles Oliveira, then came back and lost to Max Holloway, beat Jim Miller, beat uh, lost Dustin Poirier. Um, last time out, he he lost to Tony Ferguson. He actually, uh, you know, corner stoppage broke his hand. Well, that was a, yeah. that was a good fight too. That was a very good fight. Ferguson That's shown how incredible he is uh, w- with his long his long time out. Um, that was a shame that one stopped so early though, because that was an absolute barn burner of a fight. Yeah, I think I think most people would agree that you know if if um, if McGregor. Uh, Khabib hadn't been on the same card I think people would have been fine with that because they would have been treated to that fight yeah. which I think was a fight of the year contender you know it was completely back and forth um, and you know you had that there's that famous shot of Pettis you know um, in in top position in, in Ferguson's guard you know with his tongue out blood everywhere yeah. Yeah. like just absolutely going at it and it's 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 a crazy sport, man. But Pettis is, I think, definitely made for for this sport. Um, I feel and... I feel with that fight though, with the the Ferguson fight. Although it was a very good fight, I don't feel many people remember it as such because of the aftermath of two two nine, which is sure. a shame. Everyone looks, everyone remembers the Tony Ferguson win. That that was sure. great, but I don't think Pettis was was getting the the credit that he got due to all of the, you know, it was already hard enough for people to remember how Tony won. Never mind how well Pettis fought in the loss, you know. Sure. So it it is a shame about that because it's not like he, um, you know, it's not like he's come off like a flash 
the knockout defeat. He still had a good fight against Tony, but then he decided to move up to face Thompson. So, yeah, so, but looking at Thompson now. No, actually, sorry, let's go back to Pettis for one second. Who do we see him facing next? I personally, I think, um, where I stood before this fight, uh, just bringing Darren Till into the conversation, obviously, he is the um, he is the welterweight who uh, the UFC has like pegged for early stardom, if you like. Yeah, they've like they picked him from a bunch. He's the sage Northcutt. He's the he's the young up and coming talent. You know, in my opinion, got his title shot very very early in his career when he put after he put um, Cerrone like away in 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 the way that he did i think that uh he was the new bandwagon for people to hop on and then he got his main event in in his hometown against thompson and uh and then the title shot came from that so i think before the pettis wonderboy fight um i would have i would have said you know had pettis lost that till would have been a good option um for him because you know it, it, it's a name, Anthony Pettis. It's a name everyone in the sport knows. Um, He's a former champion. Yeah, exactly. He's not established at that weight class. And so, therefore, he's outside of the top five. Because that, that division, that welterweight division, is just stacked now. I, I was going to move on to that soon. But, you know, talking about that division, that, that division's been shook on its head completely. We've got a new champion. You know, Masvidal just beat Hill. Um, and, and this, obviously, with with a, a brand new welterweight Pettis beating a, a natural Stephen Wonderboy in his own weight class, that's what this is all in a space of a month. Yeah, and then just to add, you know, a bit more hot sauce to the mix, you got Ben Askren coming yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, which is just again throwing the spanner in the works completely. Like, what do you do now with? With Ben Askren, I know you know you you myself and the other guys at the at the publication have been going back and forth a lot on this. Is what are the matchups to make? Um, yeah, I think there's there's seriously good arguments for for a variation of different ones. Yeah, um, it, it's one of them. It's you can make a lot of exciting fights with Anthony Pettis. Um, and it's it's not just about the ranking for him because he's obviously said that he he still he's still got names below that he wants to go back down to. Um, yeah. I wouldn't. I'd like to see him stay in the welterweight and really see what he can do there. These are all fresh opponents. There's so many exciting fights in welterweight. You know, you've got R D A and Kevin Lee coming up. You know, oh. that that as well is after everything else we've said. That as well is an important fight. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's actually one of the fights I'm most excited for coming up. You know, you've got, um, you've got a guy in in RDA who, you know, won the won the lightweight title, um, and then uh, the weight cut just got a bit too much for him. Knocked out by Eddie Alvarez. Like, funny enough, it came out after that fight where he got knocked out in something like 38 seconds, that um, Dos Anjos was actually passed out for three minutes before coming out for that fight. Yes. He was so dehydrated. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, now we see him finally, you know, stepping up on the division. He got, and in his first fight against my favourite fighter of all time, Rufus Robbie Lawler, <laughs> uh, he looked unbelievable. He completely shut Lawler down. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I thought, okay, this is, this is the making of RDA now. And then, obviously, in true MMA style, he gets put up against two savages in Covington and Usman, now champion Usman. Yeah, now champion um, Usman, yes, of course. And it, it, it's just crazy to see, you know, the, the pressure wrestling style and how dominant it can be in that, in that setting. Yeah. So... Um, coming up, uh, coming up against a guy like Kevin Lee, who uses that really to his advantage, especially in terms of you know getting that ground and pound top position, just raining down abuse on people. I think that's really going to be a, a hell of a fight to, to headline a, a fight night card in in May. Yeah, it's it's an incredible card. Important one too, given what's going on with the division right now. It's a really really stacked division from from top to bottom, and um, it. It's it's been going this way for such a long time, but no one saw the last three outcomes of the most important welterweight fights going this way because it's it's crazy how how much of a of a turnover has happened. You know, it's absolutely crazy. Um, whilst we're whilst we're kind of going off track a little bit, let's just head back to the to the card this past weekend. Um, sure. and see what other fights we've got, and then we can, you know, we can branch off like we like we basically just did. <laughs> so uh, it's honestly we started we started off with Pettis and Thompson, and we went on to we went on to RDA, and you know it's brilliant. This just how how things go, and I, I love it, absolutely love it. So the next next fight we had on the one below was uh, Curtis Blades and Justin Willis. Um, <laughs> Did you did you oh, see man. you saw this fight didn't you? This isn't the one you yeah, missed. Yeah, 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 I did. This is, uh, <laughs> this is probably one of my favourite ones on this card. Just I think I I I don't really like the look of Justin Willis at heavyweight. Um, I don't think that I don't think that the 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 style that he brings is matched particularly well with your current class of heavyweight. You no, know, you, yeah. You, you've got a guy like, just looking at it top to bottom, you've got DC at the top, Olympic wrestler. Yeah, he walks around, a bit of a sick boy, at, you know, popping into, uh, popping into all sorts of fried chicken shops, etc. But at the end of the day, the, the, guy, the guy's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And to add to that, he's got pretty good cardio for his size. Yeah. And, his and his striking, as we saw against Stipe, is, yeah. is incredible. Well, what scared me, what scared me about Willis was, is he was completely dominated from wrestling top to bottom against Blades. You know, yeah. what happens if he does, you know, that's Blades caliber. What happens if he comes up against a Daniel Cormier caliber? You know, it's, it's dangerous. It's seriously dangerous. Yeah, I mean, Blades is, you know, Blades is uh, often forgotten about, um, Juco uh, national champion wrestler, like he was yeah. seriously, seriously talented wrestler, and I think, uh, I think he probably presents the the next biggest challenge in terms of wrestling in the heavyweight division behind Cormier. Yeah, um, and you know, you just saw in that fight, like as soon as I mean Willis came in looking pretty thick, I think we can both agree, not looking like he'd been 
doing too many uh, interv- interval sprints on the bike. <laughs> too many um, sit-ups. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, yeah you, you saw just how dominant uh, a strong grappling game can be. And I think when you've got a heavyweight class like you have at the minute, when you've got your Nganu's, you've got your Stipe's, you've got your Justin Willis's, and like, um, sorry, you've got your Curtis Blades. Yeah. I, I just don't, I just don't see him being able to have more than a, a, a puncher's chance in all of those fights. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta admit though, Curtis Blades. You know, you've just, you've just listed out his accolades in wrestling, but he was brilliant. Um, it, yeah. it'd be every time, every time Willis would get back up, he would, and then. Will, uh, Willis, not Willis. Um, Blades always had something there, you know, to make sure that they got back down to the ground. I was kind of gutted Blades didn't finish it. I think he had the opportunity to. Um, he had him, he had him rocked at one point. Um, yeah, he was, did drop him with it. He dropped him with a right in the in the second. In the I second, think. yeah, second. Um, and uh, yeah, no, you're right. He got you know, dominant top position each time, like repetitive takedowns. I think in the third round, he showed a little bit more respect for Willis in the sense that like, he knew that he was, you know, two rounds to the good. He knew that in terms of um, the public perception and the UFC's perception of this fight, I don't think uh, he really cared that much that a finish had to come necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Because... You know, I, uh, Willis was undefeated going in. Um, Willis Will just beaten Mark Hunt. Um, and I think that when you were as dominant as, as, as Blaze was over those first two rounds, I think he just thought, right, you know what? I can I can just see this one through to the end. I'm not, I don't have to get close and engage on the feet where, which is the one area that Willis is potentially dangerous in. Um uh, I think I'm just going to try and try and see it out slowly. So yeah, I think he played it absolutely perfectly, to be honest. And from here, I think Blades, you know, he's had a difficult couple of months, um, and I think that win will will certainly help him look to now. I think he's I think he's the number four contender. Um, well, the new did the new rankings come out today? Is it worth? That's uh, yeah, uh, I think. I think so. I think he's number four. Let's have a look. Because they they would have gone up today, wouldn't they? Uh, Yeah. There's no movement in the heavyweight division. Um, Curtis Blades is already four. Yeah. But but apart from that, there's no there's no other movement, which is which is strange. But then again, if we're looking at who's in front of him, you know, we've got JDS. JDS is on a tear at the minute. I can't wait to see him next. You know. Fran- oh, I love JDS. Francis, who he's who who Curtis has already lost to, um, so you know it's tough to take over someone who's who's already beat you, and then and then Stipe at the top. Stipe's not not done anything since his loss, so you know there isn't move, room for for moving around in the minute until one of the top three fight, which is it kind of makes it tough for Curtis because you know I don't think are any of them booked at the minute. Um, well, we, we know that Stipe isn't, Stipe's having no luck getting that rematch. Stipe, yeah, it's a um, tough one for Stipe. Stipe really wants that rematch, you know. Um, and he beat Garnu, so there's, there's, to an extent, you could run that back, but I think what is more likely going to happen is you'll have, um, uh, you'll have JDS 
Engano uh, with then the winner of that. I mean, it all depends on DC. If DC's set on fighting Brock in a in a heavyweight pantomime, then, <laughs> then uh, if I was if I was Francis, you know, sitting there, sitting just behind Stipe, I'd I'd just chill. I'd I'd wait until. Um, until DC takes his money and rides off, and then from there you've got an open division to make a good run at the title. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it is a you know the top four at the minute there they are booming. JDR though, looking at JDR, he's thirty five years old. He's, he's he looks like he wants one more push, doesn't he? You know, I'd happily see it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd happily see be- it. This could be his Bisping run. Yes, his Bisping run. Except he's already he's already had the title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those were when when he beat Kane back that first time. Kane is also like you know I think he's one of everyone's favorite fighters. He is. It was, yeah. It was just so sad to see what happened. Yeah. Uh, to him, and that's a whole other conversation, but. I think yeah, I, I'm not entirely convinced that JDS is going to end up uh, end up at the top, but I think he may well end up getting a shot. Yeah, I, I don't think... think he's going to end up winning it though. I can't really see him beating no uh, Engano, Stipe, or Cormier. No, it's uh, I think it. I think age also brings a massive factor. You know, you look at him; he's not he's not looking as as young and fresh as he was when he won the belt last time. Yeah. So it's it is a tough one, you know. He's got obviously he's already been the champ and he's he's beat Derek Lewis too of Asa and uh Ivanov as well. And um it's just it's just tough to see where he's gonna go next, you know. Wh- whichever fight he gets it's gonna be a good one, I'm sure. But uh um, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting that he's like he's he's sort of on the periphery right now, isn't he? Like he's yeah. just beaten he's just beaten Three of the bottom top ten, yes, yeah, uh, in the division on a tear, and you know, Derek Lewis just can't seem to figure out where his career is going. In the sense that, you know, he he ended up having that title shot, and that obviously really didn't go his way. Um, then you know, this JDS loss now, it, it seems like he came out and said that he thinks he's been fighting with a torn ACL or MCL for like yeah. the past two years. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be out for the next eight or nine months. So I think, I think JDS, uh, I think he's fairly well looked upon by the, by the UFC matchmakers and by Dana. So I think he's likely to get one of these top three, top four guys now. Yeah. And that'll be a super interesting fight. Like I can see JDS doing uh, against Nganu not only being dangerous for Nganu, but I can see that actually doing really well as like a as, as a current main event or a main event for a fight night. Yeah, that's definitely a fight night main event. Um interesting thing to point out here is that these um they do normally update every Monday. I'm sure they do the the rankings um, every Monday after a fight, obviously. But this one hasn't been updated, so I am interested to see where we're gonna see uh, if we if we see Curtis move. I don't know, but it's it's one of them for another day, I guess. If they don't look like they're gonna up, up, update anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So what's uh, what 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 else have we got? So obviously we've got um, ooh. We had the John McDessie fight. He got a decision win. Um, Houssier Formiga 
that was a decision win also. What did you think of that fight? Have you been following Formiga at all, or? I like Formiga. Like I'm, a, I'm a more of a jiu-jitsu guy through and through. So yeah. I'm, I'm quite a big Formiga fanboy. And uh, to me personally, I think his grappling in that division is just so far above anyone else's. Yeah, I couldn't um, agree more. Yeah. That I, I, I love, I love what he's doing there. I think. Obviously, we all know the problems the flyweight division is going through at the minute, um, and there hasn't been final word on whether it gets axed or not. Um, the likely thing, from what I've been seeing, is that especially now with TJ in the position that he is, having to relinquish the title or voluntarily relinquishing the title, that um, that Cejudo is going to move up uh, and fight number one contender Marlon. Magic Marlin um, for the bantamweight but in terms of the flyweights it's it's an interesting one because I love Figueredo as well I think Figueredo is just crazy Um, he's just constantly constantly searching for that one shot and that fight was was, uh, to be honest for me it was as good of a performance from Figueredo as it was from uh, from Formiga it's just that again it, it just shows how much of a how much of a um, a strength a good grappling and good ground game is in this sport, yeah, um, yeah. and where it, where it can get you, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think Formiga gets it done against Cejudo at that weight class. Um, I think that I, I think Cejudo, you know, is he seems to have completely reinvented himself as as this incredible striking talent. Um, uh, which we saw against DJ, obviously, and against TJ. Yes. Um, and it's it, it's it's a really interesting situation now because Formiga, if he doesn't get a shot at the at the title, you know, a lot of people would say that's really unfair. Um, so he might be he might be bumped up as well. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, you obviously just touched on the the whole bantamweight situation. Um, you know, let's go. Let's go to the to the start of that. So, you know, we you mentioned again, Henry Kudo did beat TJ in a way that we didn't see it happening. Um, and then you know, a couple of weeks later, TJ TJ gets well. He announces himself that he's been busted and he vacates the belt. First off, I think that's a really good move. For, I think it's a it's a respectful move to give not not what he's done. But to to you know vacate the belt so he doesn't hold up the division. I think that's a good move from TJ. Um, so what do we do from here? I think I think this is a very interesting um, situation also because I'm an I'm a massive fan with Marlon Marias, um, and I believe that it's definitely him. He's definitely in that that title shot. But I, who do we who do we think he's going to face? You know you've got Cahudo, but does Cahudo Deserve to take the, the shot of others? What do you think? Well, just there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. I'll start with the TJ situation, my personal take on it. Okay. I I personally think that him, like, we've seen so many examples of TJ being, you know, the most ruthless, hardworking, you know, motherfucker in this sport. Yeah, completely agree. Like, he is like his level of uh, his dedication to the work, his dedication to the art, 
like his work ethic is is second to none and I think that there's been, you know, with a lot of his work with Sam Calavita and like his diet and training and stuff like that, I think he's one of these people who's just so driven to win that um, it almost overshadows everything else in his life. And I think that's really important when you look at that in his decision to vacate the belt. In my opinion, I don't think that he vacates that belt lightly. And what I mean by that is that I know USADA and the New York State uh, Commission haven't come out and said what he's popped for. Obviously, we all know the list of USADA banned substances for the UFC is enormous. It's, so it's it incredible. A diuretic or a painkiller all yeah. the way through to your, you know, oral turinabol a la John Jones. Yes. So there's a whole spectrum of stuff in between. In my opinion, unless it's bad... TJ says, you know, once he gets informed that he's popped, unless it's a significant performance-enhancing drug, I don't think TJ relinquishes that belt. I think he thinks, fuck that, I'm going to fight this. You ain't taking my belt off me for nothing. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see what comes out of that. Um, I think that, to be honest, I I really don't think that TJ gave a shit about holding up the division. I think what... (laughs) What most likely happened is that he got informed that he popped for something, and I think to try and save PR face, he chose to relinquish that title. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously, I could be wrong. Time will tell. It could be a completely. It could be a gas station dick pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know. Um, so just leaving him to the side now for a year, in terms of. Who gets the? What do they do with the title? Um, I think obviously the last guy to beat TJ Cejudo, right? You've got the natural, um, you've got the natural uh, sort of dissemination of the flyweight division happening before our eyes. Dana hasn't come confirmed out whether or not he's going to act it or not, but it looks like it probably will happen. Given that, I think what you do is you. Um, you offer as many of the top flyweights in the top five or ten to move up to bantamweight. You make room, you accommodate. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, just going back to our conversation about Formiga just now, I think Formiga, again, takes a back seat. I think he goes in at four or five contender. And I think that you fight it out between, uh, between Marlon and Cejudo, in my opinion. I mean... You could make an argument that Cejudo, should the flyweight division remain, Cejudo remains king of the flyweights, and you fight it out between uh, Morais or and Asuncao. I think Aljamain has a good has a good argument for it. Yeah. Um, I know we've obviously just seen Morais Asuncao uh, too, um, and they they both have a win apiece. So I think that could be interesting. But for me. I'd prefer to see Marlon against Sterling for the title. Yeah, um, see, I, I think it would be a more interesting fight. Yeah, I've, I've also mentioned that on Twitter as well. I'd be really happy with that fight. Um, I'm just reading here now, um, bjpen.com, saying that um, Dana's looking to book the UFC Nashville winner um, for Miga in a number one contenders fight with uh, Jobo. Um, then the winner of that would face Cahudo. 
Um, I'm not sure. Oh. I haven't. I haven't seen anything else from that. But that's interesting because if that happens, then the the one two five division staying round surely. Um, and, and then if that's the case, then we're not going to see Zahudo move up and take take on take take on the bantamweight. But then you know we've seen fighters. Fighters are all mega fight orientated these days. So it you know it wouldn't surprise me if Cahudo pushes for that bantamweight. Belt to become a two division world champion, you know? No, not at all. I mean, and I th- I personally think that Tahudo's done really well in marketing himself as as you know a, a, a bit of a superstar. To be he, honest, yeah, like, he, he has, he has. He's he got that big money fight against TJ. He's been he's he's been very good with media. You know, he had that whole. Nicky Bella thing going on, yep. sliding it, sliding in the DM. Yeah, he did, of, he did. <laughs> got him a bit of attention. Um, I don't think he's he's not quite the the, the superstar of um, you know that you've got in other divisions for champions in terms of you know your Habib, your Max Holloway, your stuff like that. Yeah. But I think in terms of the money fight, given how he knocked out TJ, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if we saw. Cejudo being offered the chance to uh, to move up, especially since you know after he beat TJ, he said, "Okay, next time when we redo this, I'll come up to you." Because um, obviously TJ went down to him the first time. So to be honest, at this point, anything goes, and it's it's just exciting to see what's going to happen. To be honest, as a as a as a, fa- as a guy who's a fan of you know the top ten in both weight divisions it's quite an interesting puzzle to see how they're going to play it yeah it is it is completely interesting to see where they're going to go next with it it seems to me that a lot of these there's so much so much fun going on in these divisions um ufc specifically you know all of the divisions at the minute uh, there's there's something good going on somewhere you know yeah, um, so yeah we, for sure. We've had a look into the, this weekend's card. Let's drop it back a week and look at the what happened with Darren Till, shall we? Well, I was there. Yes, you were, yes. Live, live in the arena, let me tell you, that was a, that was a sobering, uh, sobering experience. Um, there were a lot of people leaving the O2 who didn't quite know what just happened. That um, sounds about right for the casuals, yeah. <laughs> They never have. And, you know, in the arena even, you know, Gunny Nelson, I know he's a fan favourite, but you honestly, you, you thought you were in Iceland. Yeah, Leon, Leon Edwards is the English dude. This is what this is what confuses everyone. Like like you, you're explaining now, he's the English dude, but the, you know, 
Gunny's getting more attention, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's under Edwards, you know, Leon Edwards, super, super talented fighter, top 10 guy, no doubt. And, um, and yeah, that's a really, really good performance from him to basically out wrestle a wrestler in Gunny Nelson. Yeah. Um, uh, and keep the keep the fight away from where Gunny wanted it to go for a submission game. Um, and then, yeah, main event, Jesus Christ. I think uh, I I was hand on, hand on heart. You know, I, I thought Till was going to win that fight. I, I know there were a lot of people in that camp, and I know it's, you know, it, it's been sort of the cool thing to predict. In hindsight, for a lot of people, you know, you can't count out Masvidal, this and that. And, yeah, without a doubt, Masvidal's unbelievable fighter, like, huge talent and hard as nails. But I think that everyone was just expecting Till, especially coming after that title loss to Woodley, you know, quite a long layoff. Um, and, you know, looked like he, it was his easiest uh, making of the weight so far that we've seen. He looked in great condition, um, and uh, to to an extent, you know, especially for a lot of the casuals, Masvidal isn't an A. No, he's um, not. He's not. He's he for them, he's effectively come out of nowhere, um, and not really known as a power puncher either. But Jesus Christ, that was that. Oh God, that shot. It was, um, yeah. I I think as well as the shot, it was it was the aftermath. It was the it was the banging of the head. It was the oxygen. When have we ever seen oxygen in the octagon? That was, you know, scary. It was a scary moment. Especially, it must have been even worse in London at the time. But from what we were watching, yeah. that was a that was a heart stopping moment. It wasn't just you know a fan favorite getting knocked out, it was it was a brutal knockout. Yeah, 100%. It was, um, and you know, it, I always find that when you watch these, when you watch these knockouts, you know, something like when Ronda got knocked out by Holly Holm or where, um, uh, you know, other, other highlight reel knockouts where the body goes, body goes limp um, yeah. and they... They, they cut away for a 30-second outbreak and you come back and the other guy and they're both standing there with Herb Dean or Big John or yeah. whoever. Yeah. Like, oh, they're both fine. When you're actually there and, you know, you just... Masvidal's just knocked him out and Till is just lying on the canvas. He, I can tell you, he was there without moving for about five or six minutes. See, we... Um, looking on the, on the telly, we didn't obviously get to see that. But, yeah. but obviously you being there, that's a bit of a, you know... We obviously no nobody else knows apart from if you're there, and that's that's horrible. That's really disturbing. Um, yeah, and I think for him, for that to happen to him in in the comeback fight, I, I is is it, tough. Uh, and he's only he's what he's he's twenty five. Yeah, he's only young. Yeah, he's already he's already fought for the title once. I don't think that this is. The end for him by any stretch of the imagination. I think he'll a hundred percent be back in title contention within a couple of years. Um, it pushes him down the peggings somewhat. Uh, you know, especially as as we were talking about at the start, just how stacked that weight division is at the minute. Um, and I think that that's maybe what he needs. I think he needs to turn off. 
I think he needs his next fight needs to be a guy outside of the top five. Because um, the worst thing that could happen to him now, in my opinion, is that after getting knocked out by a guy like Masvidal, you have to come back and you know take your pick against any of the top six or seven in that division, and you do. he's going to have a tough time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he needs to go back to back to the drawing board and and possibly possibly look at taking on you know a. a a petted fight, possibly, you know, um, or someone just outside of someone just outside of that killer top six. See, for me, from here now, you know, he's he's. You can't take his two losses against him. We look at Tyron Woodley. You know, he was the champ. You know, Dash choke. That's that. That was how a lot of people were seeing it ending anyway. Um, and then you've got Masvidal, obviously, as well. That was horrible. But do we see? Do we see Till go up from here? You know, he's he's done a, he's done a fair share in the in the welterweight division. Is it time for him to move up and and maybe explore a bit more going into the middleweight and really use that weight a bit more? Obviously, he's he's having to cut a lot. We've seen some horrible videos of him, you know, crawling out of saunas and some yeah. really, really quite disturbing videos of him trying to make that that one seventy. I I feel it's a good time now for Till to move up. We've seen this where where fighters have haven't done so great in the last three two fights, getting knocked out. They move up, they 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 perform. You know what do we think? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's definitely an option that he needs to be considering. I know he's been considering it now. He when he fought, um, he was saying you know he's probably gonna. Like he's not hundred percent sure how long he can do this one seventy cut for. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, man, you look at look at the middleweight division at the minute. I mean, Jesus, who do you feed him? Like <laughs> Romero, Rockhold, Jacare, Gastelum, Stylebender, Weidman, Paulo Costa. That's the top seven at the minute. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I guess. Chooses to go up. You've then got people like Uriah Hall, David Blanch, Brad Tavares, stuff like that. Elias Theodore I, as well. It's not an easy division to move into. No. Like so, I I think he's really got to consider. You know what? What is the benefit to him to moving up as opposed to staying? He's 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 stuck in between two thorns at the minute because staying in welterweight, I think it's going to be a long road back. Um, and then moving up as well, he's going straight into the shark tank, in my opinion. Yeah, there's um, some some absolute killers in that in that you know middleweight division. Yeah. Looking looking at the top the top six, I, I'm trying to break it down, but I'm going and going, and the top 15's full of killers. Honestly, um, you've got yeah. ja- Jared Cannoneers up against Anderson soon. Um, Israel and Gaslam are going to fight. Uh, Jacare and uh, Yol Luke is for some reason still in the rankings despite going up um, yeah Luke going up as well so I guess that moves for a bit of room but that you can't take anything away from that division it's a killer division and whoever he goes against isn't going to be easier than what division what, what competition he's got there now you know and if no, he takes absolutely. him taking someone out of the top out, outside of the top 15 is just uh, it's not good for business at all no, I think you know. You look at you look at your ten to fifteen in the, in that middleweight division, and it's um, you know Uriah Hall had a somewhat tough career. Like he's 
he, he got pegged as the next big thing when he knocked out uh, Adam Seller on the Ultimate Fighter with that spinning back kick. Yes. Which, like, stops Adam Seller's body, basically. <laughs> and the most hor- that was probably the most horrific knockout I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and um, hasn't really made a solid run since he's been a sort of perennial 10 guy. Uh, broke in and a couple of times, but always doesn't seem to quite have that last bit of uh, last bit of push to get into where he wanted to be. Yeah, um, interesting on on Uriah. He did get a uh, a flying knee win over Gaygard. That's that's probably yeah. the he beat Chris Lieben yeah. too. You know, he's a very strange guy when it comes to wins and losses. Um, he's he's lost to the current champ. He's lost to Gaygard. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he lost against Gaygard again um, after his win against Gaygard. Um, yeah. he's got a really strange record in all honesty um, like he's beat Thiago Santos um, he's lost to some of the biggest people in that current division like he's yeah. lost to Chris Weidman as well so yeah. it, it's really tough to see who he goes up against as well I think with someone like Uriah Hall it's got to be a now or never situation I think if you're him I'd just be trying to market the shit out of myself and shoot for uh, I'd quite like I'd quite like him uh, against Brunson yeah um, as a as a next fight um, I think I I don't terribly like Brunson um, <laughs> I think he's uh, I think he's actually ranked quite highly given his um, given uh, where I think he is in that division you know fifty yeah. eight I th- I think that's a tad generous. Um, Personally, I'd put you know I'd put Brunton in against Tavares or Blanch, um, or even I really like Elias Theodora, man. I think he's I think he's quite underrated at fourteen. Yes, yeah. Looking back at looking back at Derek, I I totally agree with you because I'm looking at his record. I've got it up now. He lost to Israel. Um, he lost to Jackery. Before that, he beat Leona Machida and Dan Kelly, and then. From the, from before that, he's lost to Silva and Robert Whittaker. But you're looking at everyone in that division now, and the two people he have beat aren't in that division. Yeah. So why does that send him so high? I, I really don't understand it. Oh, I'm not entirely sure. I think maybe, I think maybe the the um, the Adesanya fight, I think did quite well for him in terms of publicity in the sense of like they had quite a quite a good on-screen beef yeah. and then obviously Israel just the, the superstar that he is just absolutely picked him apart um, and I, I, I love Adesanya man I think he's I yeah. think he's really going to be really going to be a force to be reckoned yeah. with Let, um, let's talk about Israel because at the minute he's he's the peak of how, how fun a UFC fighter can really be and take it to, to a level and show how how good he really is because um, he's really, he's really, really brilliant, <laughs> and yeah. he's he's got such a big potential. He's so young as well. Um, yeah, I enjoyed um, the silver fight as well. I enjoyed the silver fight. You didn't think he would. You think you you think silver would get knocked out. That didn't seem to be the case though, did it? But still, that doesn't take anything away from Israel. I think Israel is a future champion. Absolutely, and uh, to be honest. I know a lot of people were disappointed in that fight. I thought it was a great fight by both of them. I thought Israel like picked the you know his his, his mantra is 
know, I, I, I don't swing and hope I aim and fire. So yeah. I think he showed it perfectly in that fight, like really outpointed Anderson. And, you know, Anderson, it is what it is. He's one of the greatest of all time. He loves to fight. He just wanted to come in and, uh, and you know, get paid for doing what he loves, give himself a challenge. And I think it's just one of those cases where the... the um, the Padawan became the Jedi in the end and just, you know, he just overtook the reins and it was quite a nice, quite a nice moment really just to see, you know, Anderson accept, okay, you know, I am where I am, this guy's the future, like, he, he, he outpointed me and that's, that's that. I think um, my only concern with, with Izzy is, you know, next fight against Gastelum, Gastelum, for me, is a really hilarious figure just because he he's not a media darling. He's he's not the superstar that we necessarily could have expected him to be coming out of the Ultimate Fighter performing as he did, you know, going yeah. in as a, like, not at all. Pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think, and, uh, you know, then beating his, his, his roommate Uriah Hall in the final, who everyone pegged to win, and, you know, getting wins over people like Jacare, uh, um, uh, and, and, and Bisping, and, you know, these, these guys, and I think it's, it's a dangerous fight for, for both of them, uh, to be honest. How do you see that one going? I would, honestly, in, a, in an ideal world, because of how how good I I really do think uh, the the world of Israel, I think more fights is only going to make him better and better and better. I think he's leveling up. You know, in if we're going to talk in like a game way, I think he levels up every single fight. And I think, yeah. like you said with the Anderson Silva fight, it was a real passing of the torch moment. It, you could say it was kind of a like a, a mirror fight. It was you know old Anderson and new Anderson. You know. Because yeah. there was times when Anderson was like that. He was that quick. He was that that on point. It was brilliant. And um, I'm excited for Israel and, and uh, Kelvin. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think Kelvin's going to going to really try and try and test that chin. Um, he 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 has to. He needs to slow down Israel. Israel's far too quick. Um, I don't know if if he can put up with that pace though. Um, you know we've seen we've seen Kelvin. Look what he did to Michael Bisping, and Michael Bisping isn't as quick as as Israel on any shape or form. But um, I feel Israel could. I don't think he'll stop him. If I'm honest, I do not think Israel can stop him. And I, I think he's too quick, but I don't think he's too strong. If you get what I mean. Do you think he wins a decision? I think he wins a decision. Yes, I think he'll take it to decision and win it. Hopefully, if he can, if he can stay how he's been in recent fights, he's kept a decent stamina. He doesn't, um, he doesn't get caught. I think that's the problem. I think Gaslam can, Gaslam, Gaslam. I don't know why I call him Gaslam. Then Gaslam's got a very good, you know. There's moments when he can, he can shake you out of nowhere, and I think that's what he's he's brilliant at. Maybe it's that he's pulled that power along with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You had that arm triangle loss against uh, uh, against Weidman, yeah. um, and that for me really is the only time that we've seen Gastelum truly, truly beaten. You know, yeah. Um, 
I think, you know, his other losses, I, I don't think, reflect accurately on just how tough of a guy he yeah. is and how much punishment he can withstand. Like, yeah. For me, in my opinion, Jacare is the most terrifying man in mixed martial arts. I think, I don't know what it is about him, but the fact that he's such a high-level jiu-jitsu black belt, the fact that, you know, you saw in that last fight against Weidman, the striking is so absurdly powerful as well that to come out of a win with a with a, um, a decision win against against Jacare, albeit a split decision, but still a decision win is just so impressive for someone of Gatlin's build as well. Yes, he's only like five nine, and he's built he's built like a post box, like he's just. Sick. <laughs> um, That's a good comparison. So, Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer so uh, so yeah thank you very much for all your time today um, you know I've got people for the next couple of weeks but I'd love to get you on again awesome awesome Cheers, mate. well thank you very much uh, thank you guys for listening wherever you listen to this like a, wherever you are listening to this like I said hit it with a like a subscription whatever it is wherever you're listening that'd be amazing again thank you again to Rodri for taking his time out today I honestly can't wait till next week's episode. So many more fights, so many more things to talk about. And yeah, we're going to have a brand new guest, so look forward to that as well. Uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.